Greetings. Welcome to RLM TV. God bless you and thank you for tuning in. Amen. Welcome back. What a powerful week it's been of destruction of the heresies of demons and their doctrines and their magic spells. Because the only way they can have those magic spells kindled upon you is if you believe their lies, which are their doctrines, their versions of mitzvahs or right doing, right standing with God, intimacy with God, even Torah study in the evil spirit. That is how they kindle magic spells. And so as those lies are being obliterated out of your souls, out of your eyes, out of your mind, out of your heart, out of your spirit, it's a fresh start for your Ruah soul, your spirit your nefesh. It's a fresh start even for your behemoth, which is what? Not just some wild thing out there. That's your body that you live in. <laughs> the mark of that behemoth. Well, there's a new body in the heavenly places for those who rise or, you know, those who die in Christ and are raised from the dead. Some in the New Testament, he says, well, yet in the body. So you die and you go to heaven and you await the day of the resurrection, transformed in the twinkling of an eye, or there is a special path, hey, angel, <laughs> that was taken by a few holy men of God. Think Elijah, Enoch, Sandalphon, Metatron, what is that New Testament writing about the spiritual and moral resurrection from the dead while well, yet in the body? Doesn't that sound exciting? Doesn't that sound like something you've been looking for on your entire spiritual walk and journey? So what are the obstacles? One of the main obstacles is the magic spells of religion and rebellion and red magic that have been plaguing many of you for as long as you've been a born-again believer. And so this is the week that we're breaking off those spells that have held you down and kept you back for so long. It's a time of freedom in Jesus Christ. Amen. This is <coughs> Breaking Magic Spells Part 4. And a magic spell is a word curse. Oftentimes a witchcraft prayer. Witchcraft prayer, that's kind of a cool thing going around the charismatic church revelating on what is Christian witchcraft and Christian sorcery. It's a little more fringe, but it is absolutely something you deal with every day. You have the charismatic demonic. Have you been taught about the charismatic demonic? Jesus Christ taught about it. He says there'll be lying signs and wonders. There'll be all kinds of activity. That woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, so, which means there's a self-inspiration, there's a prophetic that is pathetic. There's a prophetic of the self-nature that is an entity that's trying to destroy spiritual Christians. Now, maneuvering around Jezebel, we can study Elijah in Scripture. Now, Jezebel never defeated Elijah, but if you read the Bible, Elijah never defeated Jezebel either. No, it was his his son, his spiritual son, Elisha, and Jehu, 
and the eunuchs all partnered together as a whole team, as a whole army, a spiritual army that defeated her and pushed her out of the window and the dogs mm. ate her up, it is written. So, so the spirit of Elijah is constantly contending for spiritual Christians to grow and to go into true spirituality further and further around false and further and further from false spirituality. You know, we we have this thing, well, we're not into Oprah's spirituality. Oprah's into <laughs> spirituality. You got a lot of spirituality out there. The Holy Spirit is the only legal spirit Christians mm. should be operating in. Now, here's the issue. A lot of Christians' Holy Spirit is actually a familiar spirit. Let's expose familiar spirits. Oh, that's a good one. Because the familiars are really some of the most destructive demons in people's lives and they're easily confused in young believers lives as Jesus or the Holy Spirit but it's not Jesus or the Holy Spirit it's a familiar so it's like familiar Christianity it's like the Christianity mm -hmm. that is within the Laodicean church that is the lukewarm Christianity that Jesus despises and he says I will spit it out of my mouth so it's completely rejected. Jesus said there was a certain protocol in approaching God. John 4, 24, he said it must be in spirit and in truth. Now, what spirit was Jesus describing that you had to be in in order to worship and serve God in John 4, 24? The spirit of holiness. So every other attempt of the enemy is to get you into that spirit. So why? Why do they, they so desperately want you in these other spirits? Because unless you're in the one spirit Jesus said in John 4, 24, you have no access to God. In a familiar spirit, you'll think you're accessing God, but you're not. And this is often why people get discouraged, why their prayers go unanswered, while they're not hearing clearly from heaven, because that access point through the spirit Jesus said you had to be in to approach God and to worship God is not the spirit you're in. So this is why it is written, test every spirit, for not every spirit is from God, brethren. And how will you know them? These spirits, will, the angels, the holy angels, will confess that Jesus came in the flesh. In some translations, they'll say that he came in a human body. That's so important because it's through that human body, the Lamb of God, the flesh of God, that demons are destroyed. As it's written, Satan was defeated on the cross. Why was he defeated on the cross? Because a human body of God's own spirit, God's own flesh and blood were sacrificed for the removal of these magic spells, for the removal of these magic arts and these familiar spirits. And every operation and maneuvering of hell trying to destroy your lives so this is why it says you must pick up your cross and follow him because the cross is your safety from every other spirit notice it's confessed that jesus came in the flesh now what did he do with that flesh terminated it on a tree he completely destroyed it on an altar why for the destruction of hell so it, it's not just about a certain thing other than the sacrifice. And this is why Revelation goes into the Lamb of God. It's not just a cute thing so you can have a stuffed animal in your apartments. 
It's a nature and characteristic of God, meaning what he did with his human body. The Lamb describes what God did, the Messiah, when he came in a human body. He terminated it on the cross. And so really that is the foundation of salvation, but it also grows up in you as you deal with every fallen spirit in the heavens and the earth. Being engrafted into Jesus is being engrafted into the ability to destroy fallen angels. As it's written, the Son of God was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. To destroy fallen angels is the work of the cross continuously through our lives. As long as we are attached to his cross, we will constantly destroy the enemy's works. Amen. And you'll do this more effectively. How do we do this more effectively? By terminating the human nature. So when there's that nervousness, that, that frenzy, that, that, that working in the flesh, that's because the flesh is still alive and the cross is not alive through Jesus Christ, through your nefesh and your blood. Why would a, an animal get nervous to perform a certain work. This is something he's dealing with in all of you, so let me address it. Why would an animal get nervous? Well, it, what that means is the human flesh is still alive and in leadership in your life, and the flesh of Jesus is not your leadership. The flesh of Jesus has completed his works, as is written. He's seated at the right hand of God. His death, his ministry, his burial, and his resurrection are completed in his flesh. You know, the only flesh you're legally allowed to have in the new covenant is his flesh, as it's written. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can by no means be my disciples. It's all this other flesh attempting salvation that gets nervous to perform a certain way, but it never can. That's why it falls short of the glory. Your sinful nature is bound to your own flesh and blood. But salvation is being bound to his flesh and blood by the description of what the Messiah told us, eating it and drinking it. Notice, it was the partaking of his flesh and blood. And I know the flesh and blood of Jesus is in the food that comes from heaven. It's in the very word. When you're eating the word of God, some of you begin to feel the glory on your own flesh, you begin to feel the radiance in your, you feel that buzzing in your brain. You Sometimes you'll feel it in the heart as you're watching the scriptures and reading the scriptures and you're praying in the Holy Spirit, you're praying in tongues. You begin to feel manifestations through your body. Why is that? Because you're partaking of his body. His body is that fully transfigured, that fully glorified body of glory. His flesh is the flesh of glory. His spirit is the spirit of glory. And partaking in the food of heaven, his spirit and his word shares his flesh and blood into your bodies. So there's like a daily overtaking. Now what is the temptation? Ah. To resist his flesh and blood, his daily instruction, <laughs> his daily bread, his daily teaching, right? 
and to go into your own thing being doers of iniquity <laughs> like hanging on yesterday's teaching then using it in the human nature well that's a person practicing a fading glory why because they attached mm. to glory yesterday that's the 20 years same sermon glory <laughs> but where are they today 20 years same sermon glory <laughs> amen but when you attach to shekinah today what the lord of glory is doing today every day in the wilderness <laughs> they followed god now check out this verse cool. the lord was saying this to me before the broadcast tonight you are my special treasure but here's why <laughs> it's not just because you believe in jesus even demons believe in jesus <laughs> it is written so you're not my special treasure says the lord because of your believing in jesus here is why you the remnant israel are my special treasure exodus 19 verse 3 as moses went up to meet god god called down to him from the mountain speak to the house of jacob tell the people of israel you have seen what i did to egypt and how i carried you on eagles wings oh. and brought you to me if you will listen obediently to what i say and keep my covenant out of all the peoples you will be my special treasure says the lord the whole earth is mine to choose from but you're special says the lord a kingdom of priests a holy nation this is what i want you to Whoa. tell the people of israel and exodus 19 verse 5 now obey me completely keep my covenant what is the keeping of the covenant? The obeying him completely. It is written, Exodus 19, 5. The keeping of the new covenant is obedience that is thorough and complete of what the Holy Spirit is saying. As it's written, the Spirit and the bride say, Come, come and drink. What are you drinking? You're drinking the commandments of Jesus. You're drinking the fresh commandments of Jesus. This is how we keep the covenant, by mm -hmm. obedience, thoroughly and completely. And if you do, says the Lord, then out of all the nations, you will be my special treasure. The whole earth is mine, declares the Lord. So what is a special treasure? I want you to understand special treasure today <laughs> special treasure it's written 10 times in the bible every single time and we can go do a deep word study and studying that i'm sure it has really really endless revelations endless. and deeper meanings as you unfold the special treasure revelation <laughs> it there is implications in becoming yarevave's special treasure no, he wants his people to be his special treasure. It is the hearing and the complete and thorough obedience of what he is saying today that make you, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, King of Israel's special treasure. Amen. It was so much glory. I feel like special treasure. <laughs> this has got to be the, the special treasure. This glory. has got to be the greatest glory feeling ever this is so clean and so beautiful every time you say special treasure it's like it's just truth coming down 
Jacob's ladder from the heavens just raining. It's wonderful. I feel the anointing like glory <laughs> around all my mouth right now. I think the Holy Spirit rejoices in the teaching of His special treasure. So let's go through the other verses regarding special treasure. There are uh, eight more. All right. Deuteronomy 7, 6 in the Amplified. You are a holy people set apart to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth Mm -hmm. to be a people for his own possession, that is, his very special treasure. I want, I heard the Holy Ghost say, explain to the people, this anointing of the word of God is the breaker anointing that demolishes arguments. So 2 Corinthians 10, 5, we demolish arguments and every high and lofty thing that puts itself up against the knowledge of God. So what's a high and lofty thing that puts itself up against the knowledge of God or the knowledge of the word of God? Magic spells. So we demolish the magic spells. It's any kind of self-promotion or a demonic anointing that puts a word higher than God's word. But the special treasure word is Jesus Christ, the Word. Mm-hmm. is the Lord of Glory. The Lord of Glory <laughs> is this, this breaker anointing. <laughs> Amen. That Baal Parazin, it's called the breakthrough anointing. The breaker anointing is, wow. is not just a mystical thing hanging up in, the, in uh-huh. the heavens. It's the Word. It's when you speak the Word that's in agreement with the will of the throne of God the Father... It's a creative power and authoritative energy, that superhuman energy that he mightily enkindles and works within you to break off all arguments. Now, why is there an argument on the head in the first place? Because the enemy is argumentative. The enemy is accusational. The enemy wants something working on your head that makes itself higher than God. You know, the I am's of Satan of Isaiah 14 I will exalt my throne mm-hmm. higher than the throne of God, as one of the I of Satan in Isaiah 14. We might look at that and just have all kinds of ideas about it, but it's simply the elevation of a word or an argument or a magic spell higher than God's interpretation of His holy scriptures. Mm-hmm. That's why Malkut so messed up. You can thank Satan for that. And that's ultimately what religion does. Religion elevates words through self-inspiration higher than the Holy Spirit's inspiration. So it's not a revelatory word. It's not a word filled with the inspiration (laughs) for the special trash. (laughs) It doesn't serve God. It's self-serving. Notice that woman calls herself a prophetess. So we're talking about self-servient inspiration. Guys, take a look around you. Check to see if the inspiration is for the inspiration of self or the cross, because only through that cross, that, that sacrificial portal, can you begin to serve the Father. I am the way to the Father, and no one comes to the Father except through me. The living Lord Jesus? No, the crucified. That's how it is. The crucified Lord Jesus. These ones are all enemies of the cross, and so when you begin to insist on the crucifixion 
as the way to serve the glory of the Father, what it does is exposes all self-inspiration, which is the false prophet. And if you read Revelation, that's one-third of all the end times warfare of the conquerors of the end times, the Joel's army of the book of Revelation, that have to deal with the grand finale of the curse of the fall. It's the beast, the red dragon, and the false prophet. And guys, that's all there is. Let's make it simple. That's all you will deal with and overcome in the coming years is the beast. And we know there's a couple beasts in there because you deal with more beasts, more demonic flesh, even after you're born again. Oh, yeah. Quick note for your scribing <laughs> your notes on that note of the false prophet. You're dealing and rising with the false prophet, not in others, maybe in others, but more likely in if you're in cosmic ascension 100% of the time, your Hod and Netza circumcision is dealing with the false prophet in you. So understand, for those of you who've already accomplished uh, Yasad and you're moving on to Hod and Netza, it's always about the removal of the false prophet in you. Yeah. And also you're discerning it in others, but be careful when you get there. If you start feeling like you're spotting the false prophet in others, it's really just something that's manifesting in you and needs to be cut away. So that's dealing with the false prophet in everyone. And you might think, I'm not a false prophet. I have a calling of a real prophet, blah, blah, blah. Everyone has the nature of the false prophet in the foreskins. The only reason people can stay on Malkut and avoid operating in those foreskins is through prayer and fasting and humility and loyalty. So those are your safeguards when you're rising and you're a young sapling in the garden of God and you're sprouting and growing in righteousness and you're being watered and you're basking in the light of the glory of the sun of righteousness and you grow every single one of you who decides to go on this cosmic adventure through circumcision when you get to Had and Natsa it's the removal of the nature of that false prophet which you will start to want to prophesy you'll start to see prophetic things and it's lies and delusions and false visions so you need to learn how to rightly divide the word of God and divide voice from voice because all source of prophecy in all the earth comes down from Hod and Netza. it was like that in the Old Testament it was like that in the New Testament so if it's not purified in you guess what buckwheat there's the false prophet in you, and it's not a word of condemnation. The only thing that feels condemned at the truth when correction comes is the fallen angel nature, which is the thing that's got to go. So just don't attach your identity to, you know, oh, I'm a prophet, or this is my identity, <laughs> because then it's going to be very difficult to let go of those circumcisions, those foreskins, those membranes. Your identity is in Christ and Him crucified. Jesus Christ is the prophet. He's the apostle. Yep, only, when the, only identify with the Lamb. Mm -hmm. That way, the humility be there to deal with anything that you so don't good. know about. Right, and you're not going to know about it until the Son of Righteousness begins to expose it. And even then, you're not going to readily recognize it. You're likely just going to be irritated and or offended buy it and think well they're just attacking that must be a devil in them attacking me well the uncircumcision thinks that jesus christ is the devil right 
So what's going to happen when someone higher than you comes around with a word of correction? You're going to think they're manifesting the devil. Uh, is, it, uh, is it avoidable? No, unless you can cling to humility and say, hey, this person's already had this circumcised out of them, which means they went through the same process, which means they know exactly what I'm going through and where I'm being tested, and they can see it very clearly because where there's circumcision, there is light. Because this, this uncircumcision, it blocks the light. The membrane is the most deceptive because it lets light come through, but it it uh, moves the light, it perverts the light, it manipulates the light and the, of the good things that come down from God. So someone might be getting a real vision, but the membrane of that false prophet of that rung, it's just manipulating it, skewering the vision in a way that it's not clear anymore. It doesn't even contain the same original message, so the foundation of a lie is always usually what? Especially in the higher levels of the demonic operations, they like to build a solid foundation of truth. The foundation of truth that the lies are built on of Satan's kingdom, Satan's generals of his army. What they like to do is move out of the way so that you can see a greater revelation than you've ever seen before. And it's a true revelation. And that allows them to build a foundation of truth and really high revelation. And it may be something too high for you. Uh, but it's, you know, what your carnal mind wants to know about mysteries. And, or it could just be something God was going to tell you anyway. And they just let, they step out of the way. Let, let them get that one. Okay. And then they step in and they start, like, moving and manipulating the light in the mind because of the presence of that membrane uncircumcised in the mind, in the heart, in the spirit, in the soul. In any layer of you, they're always trying to manipulate light. Withhold light. Give light, but manipulate it. Those are the deceptive things of the enemy. So once you know that it's a true revelation, and you've got a strong foundation, when that same source starts to manipulate it, it's much easier to get the vessel to believe the lie. So we have to have wisdom, we have to have discernment. And it goes back to, just like Brandon said, the lamb nature. Abiding in humility, being teachable, being corrected, being correctable. Yeah, the lamb is those keys of humility and uh, loyalty. loyalty that you need. I want to go deeper in understanding all of this too because um, we've touched the surface of it. But understand, it is written, no curse shall kindle upon you all right now how does that happen circumcision of heart meaning a curse can only kindle upon a foreskin and a membrane of the invisible soul within you so it's actual words that are scribed they come through the air and they can be scribed and written down fire and blood or even sometimes lightning upon the foreskin and the membrane. So a curse is a word, always. Everything in creation is created by words and held together by words, and there's words going through all of it. You have God's word, and then the sower sowing seed, we learn from understanding these parables of the Messiah. You also have an enemy who's constantly sowing words. So the whole universe works in words. Okay, you only have the word of God, which is life, and then the enemy, 
brings in all kinds of other counterfeits. The counterfeit word and the word of the enemy, guys, really gets scribed on two pieces of paper. This paper is the foreskin of your heart, the foreskin of your mind. There's even foreskins on your eyes and your senses. We, we see foreskins fall off of uh, Apostle Paul's eyes when the intercessor laid hands on him. When he was blinded three days, a book of Acts says that scales, which are foreskins, fell off the eyes of the Apostle Paul when he was prayed for. Understand this will happen progressively. Now, Paul got his vision back immediately, but he says he had to go and be sanctified 14 plus 3 years in Arabia in order to begin his apostolic ministry. And he went up to Jerusalem spending two weeks with those who were apostles before him in Galatians, it is written. Which means there's a progressive dealing with all kinds of stuff in the senses that need to be terminated like foreskins. These are the foreskins. And I understand the foreskin really is the knowledge of evil and the membrane, the knowledge of good. And understanding this wisdom and these terminologies, the, the, the membrane is more difficult to discern because it's the good things you believe about God and yourself. This is why most never get past the membrane, even the very first membrane of the earth after being born again. They begin to cling to the membrane because it's self-righteousness. It's the good things of about yourself. You might think that's God, but it's a membrane. It has to be tested in fire. It is written, all believers' works shall be tested in fire. This is not a one-time deal. This is daily. A priest works in the fire of God right? In Leviticus, they work at the altar of fire constantly. The reason for it is because there's always more to burn, okay? Even conquering 11 weeks, there will be an ever-increasing fire for eternity. Your Father's nature within you expands forever. There's no arrival. There's no that I have, I have arrived that, that doesn't exist because it's an ever-increasing glory is our new covenant. So it's an ever-increasing, you could say, peeling back or expansion of God's light within the human spirit. But then all what you're dealing with in the curse of the fall is the presence of every other spirit through your mind, will, and emotions. And you will confront and deal with all of mm -hmm. them as God expands within you and as mm -hmm. God rises within you. Why? Because you're in this universe and you're being set apart by clinging to that one spirit, which is how we worship God and serve God in spirit and in truth. So understand how a word curse kindles upon the foreskin and membrane. And the Bible says the only reason why no curse shall kindle upon you is because the person was circumcised in the context mm -hmm. of Scripture. Now, I have watched millions of curses kindle upon millions of people, okay? And so have you. If you're honest, you might not have understood what was going on. But words that are not from God, when a person is deceived, that's a kindled curse. When a person doesn't understand God clearly and is not walking in the light as he's in the light, that's, that's a kindled curse. Deception is a kindled curse. Sin, sickness, and disease, poverty, withholding, all wrongdoing is a curse, a word curse, and a magic spell. And it's also working and written on a part of a person 
that has the potential from being removed from them. That's why it says we break down every argument because it's written above you. So notice the humility of the lamb is going below the foreskin, below the membrane, through crucifixion, through circumcision, into the lamb's nature. Every single rung of going from glory to glory will require a crucifixion to you and a yielding to him to live his life through you. As is written, I no longer live, but the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who lives and breathes his life through me. That's the new Christian life. Mm. And that's what we want for all of you. But understand what's in the way of living that full Zoe, fully energized resurrection outpouring life from your hearts. You're going to have to deal with all the mindsets. You're going to have to deal with all the other words working. In. And the, you know what DNA is? DNA is simply words. DNA is like a language of God and of creation of words in the pattern and the programming for the manifestation in the realm of the natural. Everything in heaven and earth, every star, sun, and moon is DNA. And the only thing that's not DNA in this entire universe is the Holy Spirit. That's the God sperm genetics working the Word of God in you. That's your potential to conquer and overcome all the magic spells. If we're honest with ourselves, just for a crystal clear picture right now, all DNA in the fallen universe is magic spells. Babylon the Great, built up to the gates of the third heaven, is all magic arts and magic spells. Everything outside of the exact life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, outside the city gates means outside the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus in this world is magicians and their magic arts. That's what Revelation says. So the Bible fully backs this up. Now, as Christ expands in you, there will be a channeling of his life and his genetics on the inside of you. That's the river. That's the river of life. That's the, the blood covenant with Christ. That's Jesus and his spirit moving through you out of your belly will flow rivers of God's genetics. Now, God's genetics is, a, is the word. Now, any other part of you that's using Scripture apart from the, the genetics of His Word moving through you like a river is misunderstanding. It's misinterpretation. That's human interpretation. What does prophecy for, forbid? Individual human interpretation of Scripture. No interpretation of Scripture is for individual self-interpretation. It is only the Holy Spirit who can interpret His own Word. How does he do it? Like a mighty river through us. So who understands God's word? Who's operating in the God's sperm genetics of the mighty river of life of God's own blood covenant? His generations, his offspring, are in that same blood. His offspring have to be of the same genetics, otherwise they're not legitimate children. Mm -hmm. They're of some other family. So how do we be of the family of God? Well, God's mm -hmm. family is operating in that God sperm genetics. It's that liquid glory that comes from his throne. That is the essence of the divine life. That is our royalty. As it's written, you're a royal priesthood, a holy nation set apart as God's own special treasure. So the special treasure means God's own genetic offspring.
listen to me people sanctification engrafts you into being the genetic offspring of god the father and the very brothers and sisters of the lord jesus christ what is written of these ones he's not ashamed to call brothers and sisters that's a genetic term that's someone who's blood related family now to be true legitimate sons and daughters of god you have to be blood related family of the messiah jesus christ this is how you become co-heirs of christ you know the devils will not let you have an inheritance whatsoever unless you're the real deal so the real deal is becoming those blood genetic relatives and so all the sanctification of the teaching of the word of god is to remove that stuff from you so your identification is in the lamb now the lamb the reason why that word is there in the bride of the lamb the bride of the lamb is a people who are genetically set apart from their humanity and engrafted into his divinity they're married to christ so it becomes a new family and it's not just you know a change of your last name it's a change of dna amen it's a change of everything of the coding and the structure of life the building blocks of life are changed from the inside out so we're talking about real eternal transformation and ultimately it's the only way that no curse will ever kindle upon you and no magic spell will ever work in your life because the only place they don't work guys is on Jesus the Messiah and every person from Genesis to Revelation that had breakthrough and victory simply clung mm-hmm. to one man the Messiah and we will do the same thing and be saved exactly like the champions of faith through this engrafting into his family tree if we stay faithful and obedient to all he commands the key is understanding in the commandment from god himself is the possibility for the family change so who loves the true commandments that come from mount zion that change you from human to divine that transformation that metamorphosis of being transfigured by the renewing of your mind out of human into divine mm-hmm. only obedient sons and daughters that are willing to give up their family i have walked with so many tens of thousands in full-time ministry the last 20 years and the only ones that can really walk with us are the ones that are willing to fully give up the human nature and fully embrace the change of the inside and the outside into the exact nature of the messiah everyone else kind of goes away and then clings to bits and pieces of their human dna saying i have an inheritance in the flesh that i'm not willing to give up for the invisible inheritance of the messiah that i don't know about that i don't believe in and so they're condemned by their unbelief ultimately unbelief is the source of every christian's death or removal from a different levels of inheritance in messiah messiah wants to share with you his full inheritance from his father all it takes is the full ingraftation and the total demolishing of the human nature whether it's jew gentile male or female we give it over to the cross to be obliterated to share in his inheritance each and every day this is what it means to actually pick up your cross and follow him every day it's a more a blood relative of messiah now do you understand this as you do this 
the angels become your natural workers of the inheritance of the natural realm. I can prove to you from Scripture, all the natural realm is inherited by angels. What is written? After Jesus was tempted 40 days by Satan, the angels came and comforted his natural realm. That's exactly what the gospel teaches. Therefore, everything you're desiring for the benefit and the blessing of the natural dimension, legitimately as Christians, Jesus' brothers and sisters, can only be added unto you by holy angels sent from the Father. Jesus said in his deliverance in talking to Pontius Pilate, Do you not know my Father could send his angels, legions of his angels, and deliver me right now? But I am doing my Father's will. I'm going to the cross. Amen? Do you understand how Jesus said deliverance in the realm of the natural only came from one possible source? It is written, My Father sending angels. Therefore, any breakthrough you ever want in your family, in your business, in your nation, in your world, can only come if you're going through that process that Jesus went, being tested of the devil 40 days in the wilderness, and then what? Angels coming and refreshing his natural realm. Do not think it'll be any different for any of you Christians. He is the way which means you have all the same exact experiences as you walk with the Holy Ghost. He will glorify me, Jesus Christ said. When I send the Holy Ghost, He will lead you into all truth. That, my friends, is experiencing the messianic path. Get a vision for it. The rest of your eternal life has already begun, and now you're going to walk in the Messiah's path. Guys, mm -hmm. it will be glorious if you embrace it with a cheerful heart, understanding the process. You know, James had to explain to a lot of disciples, do not be astonished that such a fiery ordeal has come upon you to test you. For if you pass these trials and tests, you will gain a great harvest of righteousness. What is the great harvest of righteousness? Myriads of angels working around you to bless you in the natural realm. You know, it's the great news <laughs> about all of that, too. Somebody type in the comments, Amen. Amen. You want to know what the great news about all this is? <laughs> we have some really good news for you. In the Old Testament, it was only a merit of reward if they were successful. Well, that's not the greatest news for Joseph's brothers. Great news for Joseph, but nobody else really, except he was merciful, like the merciful, compassionate one, to extend grain to them and mm. to keep them from dying because he's a symbol of the Messiah. <laughs> but what's great news is in this New Testament, since Jesus paid the price, even if you messed up your tests really bad, <laughs> I know some people, uh, Everybody at some point mess up your test really bad, but you repent. I feel it's so, it's everywhere. I can feel it all over right now. <laughs> you messed up really bad. <laughs> There's so much joy on you messed up. <laughs> but you repent sincerely. And that's the grace of Jesus. It's called the unmerited grace 
of Jesus Christ, which means unlike the Kabbalah of the Old Testament. Even if you already messed it up, you try to sell Joseph into slavery or throw him in a pit, or made, made fun of his dreams or mocked his identity in Christ, you know, who do you think you are? Well, the ruler of the universe, but, you know, that's just God's opinion, you know. Even if you messed it up so bad that you tried to sell Joseph into slavery or mocked people or you messed up really bad immorally or, you know, spiritually, and you sincerely repented, the blood of Jesus covers you. Like, it literally is the removal of your sins. It's really good news because that means more people can walk in the Holy Kabbalah much more than in the Old Testament. It's not possible. You know, the old way, it was such an impossible road to heaven. That's why if you listen in the Living Bible to the New Testament, go through the epistles. I can't remember where it is, but in there they talk about the impossible way to heaven that your fathers would, you know, talk about. It's the Old Testament. What made it so impossible so few people could walk in it? There was lacking that unmerited grace. So you have the merits of righteousness, and then you have the unmerited grace of Jesus Christ, and you'll need both. But what's the great news? The forgiveness and the blood of Jesus forgives your sins, not only forgives your sins, removes your sins. And God judges and weighs the heart, so when you are genuine in repentance, which means you're not just trying to abuse grace and continue on in your sin and calling it something other than sin. You are genuinely repenting. How many times do I need to forgive my brother? Mm, yeah, 470. 470 times 7. 7 times... <laughs> 7 times 70, 490. A lot of grace. That grace and mercy extended to you. <laughs> you understand... The more you rise and the more you do stuff for the kingdom, like, okay, what's doing stuff for God that's vanity? I want to clear this up so you don't have a demonic doctrine as well. We talked about um, those three things that keep you in the dust of the earth, which is basically like doing things for God, financial stability and family stuff, this kind of nefesh life you know my nefesh life everything that you want to accomplish in a sims game essentially <laughs> you know you're living sims life what is doing things for god that's vanity in ecclesiastes it's made very clear in the wisdom of solomon that everything under the sun is hevel hevel means vanity chasing after the wind I'm telling you what, doing things for God under the sun is hevel. That's what's vain. Now, remember that uh, the enemy always calls what's good evil and what's evil good. For example, that wicked prince of unchastity, Moloch, in his opinion, uh, Purity and chastity is actually haughtiness. He considers chastity and virginity to be haughtiness. That's his opinion. That's literally what he believes, which is a lie uh, from the father of lies. But Molech truly believes with all his heart that 
uh, the chastity, prudence, virginity, holiness is actually haughtiness. That's how he thinks. That's how he feels. That's how he believes. Right? That's his truth. Yeah. You hear that a lot from the immoral. They, mm -hmm. they accuse the holy of being holier than thou or self-righteous mm -hmm. and you know but it's but holiness really is their condemnation and they're full of demons that are destroyed by it and that's why they attack it with all kinds of slander so understanding that principle evil calls what's good evil and they call what's evil good it's backwards it's flipped around so everything in the bible so the word of god we gotta go back to the word of god everything under the sun is vanity it's hevel. It's the Hebrew word hevel. So what does that mean? The doing things for God. When you're doing things for God and it's under the sun, it's vain. It's hevel chasing after the wind. So when that condemnation of the fallen angel nature, which is the foreskins, the life of the foreskins, comes upon somebody and they feel that, oh, well, well, what you're doing for God above the sun is vanity. You think you've done something for God. That's the voice of the accuser of the brethren. That's the voice of the principalities of the cosmos through all, you know, ten worlds of foreskins speaking into your heart and mind. Because the works that are not hevel, the works that are not vanity, are the works that the Father has set in front of us ahead of time to do. He's already prepared the works. So when you do the works that the Father has prepared for you to do, which are all above the sun, those are the works that are not hevel, vanity. So anything in your heart or mind that looks at a cosmic apostle above the sun building in righteousness and judges that to be like a person below the sun doing works for God that needs chastisement, rebuke for doing things for God. You can't judge a righteous person in that way. That's actually wickedness because those people above the sun, and if you want to go above the supernal sun, if you have great wisdom, you'll know what location that is as well. Maybe you're, if you're a serious student of righteousness, you'll understand that above the sun is not just above son of Tiferet of Isaiah, but above the supernal sun, where you're really getting out of hevel. Layers coming off. So yeah, understand... From vanity below mm -hmm. to eternity above. Mm -hmm. And that's what it means about, you know, a righteous man a spiritual man judging all things but you can't judge the righteous man the spiritual spiritual man who's building the works of the father because he's already put to death that same nature that you're wrestling with under the sun of doing things for god financial stability and my family this my family that or what to eat and what to wear and well i saw somebody wearing these kinds of clothes that was doing this or i saw this even if you copy off of everything external that a cosmic apostle is doing, it doesn't mean any of it is going to bless you in any way because it's all idolatry unless you get circumcised. It doesn't mean you don't eat. It doesn't mean you don't clothe yourself. But we talked about what is God's 
plan. Even your basic salvation plan comes with all your clothing needs covered, all your food needs covered. We talked about this yesterday. It's all covered. It's automatically added. You just do what? Seek first the kingdom, Malkut, and his righteousness. Get into the sun. And all of those things are added automatically. It means you don't have to chase after them. You don't have to worry about it. God already knows. But what is lacking in the spirituality of a believer's life to have those things added automatically? To have your prayers answered? To know God and have your connection point of Shekinah in your belly be connected to God and not to the enemy who is pretending to be God? What is the fruit? So in the trembling and the fear of God, we don't judge things higher than us because correction upward is rebellion. Why is that upward on Jacob's ladder? Because those who have gone before you in that cosmic circumcision, when they're abiding in the circumcision and not gone off into the clippeth at some point, you, know, you get off, you get out of, out of bounds, you just get back into the kingdom, back into righteousness, repent quickly so you don't die. <laughs> You know, those people have already dealt with that part of the nature that you're wrestling with. Again, it's not a word of condemnation. The only entity that can possibly be offended or feel accused or condemned by these words is actually the demon spirit. It's actually the fallen angel nature. Did it come from God or did it come from man? Why did they say that? Because the fallen human nature is... The fallen angel nature that's the fathering of the devil the foreskins are only the fathering of the devil who's the father of lies they're all lies all foreskins are lies all membranes are lies which are more subtle lies still lies doesn't matter if it has a great foundation of truth a great foundation of great cosmic revelation and sometimes, even like in the folly of Pippin in Lord of the Rings, he couldn't help but touch that seeing stone of Satan. <laughs> God uses all things for our good, even our mistakes. And that's what he was reminding me of this week, is even if some of you, you've made mistakes, you couldn't help but touch the Clippeth side because <laughs> the Clippeth offers great vision. Great power, power beyond what you're... Microwave maturity. Yep, because in the Clippeth, they offer, oftentimes, they will offer you more power than what your real daddy is actually going to <laughs> allow you to have because you're not mature enough to handle it. Satan doesn't care about you. He's like, yeah, sure. Gold dust, signs and wonders and power. Come on, I'll make you look great. I'll even call you apostle. I'll call, let you have whatever title you want. You're going to be greater than, you know, all your teachers. You're going to you be... often tempts yeah. with a million followers if the person I'll give you a million followers power. on Instagram. People, like, or sell their souls. Some people less. There'll be a thousand people in your church. You just have to be able to recognize the, the cross and all the temptations that are mm -hmm. avoiding it because you'll never see a principality lead a person to destroy the, the self-nature mm -hmm. uh, with Christ crucified to death. So that's really your safe place in dealing with the magic arts and with demons. Mm -hmm. And that's why we become the bride of the lamb because they've clung to that, that, that nature of terminating and testing everything 
with the death of the cross of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Mm-hmm. That'll keep you safe, guys. Yeah. It's like, imagine you're not old enough to drive a car yet, because you'd probably kill someone. Would you give a five-year-old the keys to the car? What if they're a really well-behaved five-year-old? No, he's five years old. Are you insane? And we know that wisdom, right? But when it comes to spiritual things, because of unbelief, they think, oh, it's just invisible realm. It's just like nothing. It's just whatever I want it to be. No, it's more solid than this realm. There's principles, there's rules. Uh, There's things in order for your safety. But people, because of delusion and being in just, again, like that glory stream charismania bewitchment for so long, having some truth, but a lot of deception, they think in their minds and in their hearts, well, I can just whatever by faith and I can just do it and grab it and get it and whatever I want, me, me, me. And you don't understand if you have wisdom and an enemy power comes to you and says, I'll give you all this power. You could do all this stuff. Just, you know, believe my demonic doctrines and your false destiny in Christ. You know, all this stuff. If you have wisdom, you could just simply say, no, I don't need all that power. I only need exactly the measure of power that my Father in heaven, Father of lights, Father of spirits, Father of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh, who died on the cross and was raised on the third day and ascended beyond the highest heavens, I only need the amount of power he's given me right now. And if it's very small, that's all I need. <laughs> I'm content. No thanks. I'm good. Why? Because you're wise. Get wisdom, get understanding. It doesn't just say, like, go go and get power, get power as much as you can, as quickly as you can, power, 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 you know. If you're a power-hungry psycho, <laughs> that's the danger, right? Why you wouldn't give your keys to a five-year-old and say, yeah, no problem, I love you, here you go. See, this is how God's kingdom works. He's not going to give you studying the oral tradition of Moses' texts, right? All the Kabbalah texts, you, you, some of you, you try to look it up online in secret because well, I'm the exception to God's rule. And then you wonder why you have bad fruit because you think you're some exception and some special. Look, if like, I had to submit myself, you know, in pioneering this to the angels when they would say, no, you know, Rebecca, don't read that. You're not ready for this yet. Just be content. Go back here and read this and this. I had to say, okay, why? No one's the exception. There are principles and rules in the invisible realm for your protection. And the more, this is a secret to rising high, the more you can submit to Okay, deny, I deny myself my desire for more appearance of spirituality and power and manifestations or whatever for the safety of being in right standing with God in the right way with God and humility and loyalty. I'm content with the information and the power he's given me. Of course, we want to keep progressing and keep learning and keep growing in power. But let's not take the bait, right? Don't be the low-hanging, easy fruit target of the enemy. Get wisdom and trust. Why is the five-year-old going to trust? If he needs to go somewhere, mom will take you there, right? Mom, I need to go to my soccer practice. What does mom do? 
okay, get in the car, we'll go. Take you to school, take you to soccer practice, you know, take you to your friend's house for the birthday party, take you to the grocery store, we need food. Do you think in a loving household that five-year-old is going to be lacking in anything he needs? Does he need the keys to the car? No. Who could it potentially harm if he was given the keys to the car? Now let's say, let's say the kid ran away from home. Meets a stranger, rolled down the window with candy. We know, you know what you're supposed to do, right? Don't get in the car with the stranger with the candy. It's the same thing. But because of unbelief, a lot of people don't believe it's the spiritual realm. It's the same thing, right? That stranger who is what? Satan. Doesn't have your interest in mind. Doesn't care about your safety or anyone else's safety. He doesn't care. And he says, not only that, but you come with me. I'll give you keys to your own car. You can go wherever you want, whenever you want. You can be free. You don't let your parents tell you what to do. You're smart. You know what? You're wise for your age, your spiritual age. You're so wise. Well, I know that's true for most kids, but you're the exception. No one else recognizes your spiritual prowess, your unique ability. Come on. Building up the self-nature. It's all the de demons do to get you separated from the one Christ nature that we're all dependent on. <laughs> <laughs> so come home. Amen. All your needs are met at home. Be a child in the kingdom. And that's really represented and called in Scripture the Feast of the Lamb. Coming home and having every resource and all your sustenance for life and godliness <laughs> as the feast table of the Lamb, our Messiah. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for <laughs> watching tonight. I pray that your houses be filled with angels and fresh glory and that this word would be sown into your hearts to bear forth much fruitfulness of your inner man to serve God the Father's throne in his kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. See you next time. We'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, esteemed viewers of RLM TV, thank you for joining us in this sacred space where we come together to explore the profound teachings of the Bible. Today I stand before you to extend a heartfelt invitation to support RLM TV, a platform that endeavors to bring the timeless wisdom of the scriptures into the homes and hearts of believers around the world. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, verse 7, we are reminded that wisdom is the principal thing, and with all our getting, we should get understanding. RLM TV is dedicated to providing that understanding, to unravel the layers of divine knowledge embedded in the Holy Scriptures. Your support is crucial in allowing us to continue this noble mission. As we embark on this journey, let us draw inspiration from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 19 and 20 where Jesus instructs his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. RLM aspires to fulfill this divine commission by reaching out to souls across the globe, illuminating their lives with the light of God's Word. 
Your generous contributions play a pivotal role in sustaining this beacon of enlightenment. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verse 38, encourages us with the promise that when we give, it will be given to us in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. By supporting RLM TV, you are sowing seeds of spiritual abundance, not only for yourselves, but for countless others who will reap the harvest of God's grace through this ministry. In the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 10, we are challenged to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in God's house. RLM TV is that spiritual storehouse where the sustenance of God's word is shared abundantly. Your financial contributions ensure that the storehouse remains full, allowing us to continue feeding the hungry souls seeking nourishment for their faith. In conclusion, let us heed the words of Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, which assures us that our God will supply every need of ours according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. As you consider contributing to RLM TV, know that you are partaking in a divine partnership to spread the richness of God's glory through the medium of internet and television. Thank you for your attention, and may your hearts be moved to support RLM TV as we journey together in the pursuit of spiritual enlightenment and understanding. God bless you abundantly. Amen.